Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Jazz's First Impression Sports Talk. I have a great show for you guys, so let's get started. Welcome to Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk, the fastest growing sports talk show in the country. And now, here's your host, Jasmine Pollock. Welcome back to Jazz of First Impression Sports Talk. And to kick that off, I would like to bring a very special guest, Dr. A.J. Anderson from Bowie State University. He's a college professor of the sports management program there. So I would love to bring him in. We're going to have a great conversation. So let's start. Hi, Dr. A.J. Anderson. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jasmine. How are you? It's it's going, it's going, but um, you know, I've heard about the Packers, but we'll get into that in the second segment. But um, thank you for you know being on the show. I'm glad to have you back. We we had a conversation a couple weeks ago, so we're gonna finish that off. So just to start, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how did you get at Bowie State University? So yeah, I'll try to try to keep this short. Again, thanks for having me here. And so I am a born and raised in in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. I played sports growing up all my life. And, you know, just like many, many males, uh, their ultimate goal is to be a professional um, playing the NFL. And I wanted to to make, make, race that goal, but I did not. Unfortunately, I had a, a, a knee injury. And then I really had to pivot and, and think about academics. So I went to college at Lock Haven University in Pennsylvania, where I was able to uh, obtain a sport management degree. And I, fe- I felt that since I couldn't play, then I wanted to continue to coach and try to try to make it to the to the league that way. So I once I graduated college, I didn't have any coaching opportunities. So I had an opportunity once I moved back to Pittsburgh to work with the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. So nothing like working with a professional organization. So I was able to get in that organization for a few months and I got a phone call in early in early August asking if I wanted to coach football. So I had an opportunity in at Albright College in Reading, Pennsylvania to start coaching there. So I started out, coached three years there. Then I wanted to move closer to my family in Pittsburgh. So I, and, and I wanted to get my master's. So I got an opportunity to work at St. Francis University and I started, got my master's. And from there, I spent 18 years at, at St. Francis as I started out as a graduate assistant football coach. Then I coached um, full time for the next seven years. And in 2012, I ended up being a, I moved into an administrative role where I became assistant athletic director. And during that time, I just really Kind of felt a little, little burnout working in athletics. Plus, I had some young ones at home. So I wanted to be able to give myself options. So I went back to school, worked on my doctorate degree, and I looked at the option of teaching. So I really felt that I wasn't impacting students in, in the way that I would like to. So I, I decided that I wanted to, to use a use my pivot and, and teach. So this was an opportunity to be able to give back and, and help the youth and serve as a, as a resource. So I um, had a couple interviews and ended up at Bowie State as the program coordinator and professor. Yeah, so it sounds like you had a whole huge track record. Um, and even with coaching and even working with the Pirates was a very big organization. So back to your coaching um, tenure, what would you say was your most memorable experiences coaching? 
Well, I tell you, I, I had a lot. Um, for me, there were uh, a few players that really struggled um, to even get to college and, and struggled through college, and but they made it through and graduated. So that was really um, – those were times that really – I really felt good about that because I was really helping helping our students. And we had some great games. Uh, we had a, a few snow games where we probably had about six, seven inches of snow where we had to play and we ended up winning. So those were great. But um, for me, it was really just being able to see some of see our freshmen grow up and graduate. So that was those were some of my proudest moments. And I would say that's probably that's the ultimate goal, right? You know, just yes. you know, you have athletes come in there. Of course, they're the stu they're a student first, so you want to make sure they get to that next level and be able to graduate and graduate at a high level, and also play the game at a high level as well. So that's a great experience. But the snow, I don't know if I could have did that. <laughs> uh, the snow, I'm I am not a cold person at all. I do not like the cold. I don't like winter. I don't like fall. Um, but that seems pretty fun. So, what would you say? Um. As a coach, like, what did you instill in your your um, players? Like, you know, as a coach, what type of coach were you? You know, we see coaches that you're just like, you know, one thing, this thing goes, and that's it. Are you were you like the players' coach? Yeah, I would I would say I was a, a players' coach, um, but I also I always try to keep it real with them. Right. So I will I'll praise you when when you deserve it, but I also kick you in the butt when you need that. Right. So I was. From a coaching standpoint, I really try to focus on on techniques and discipline because you got to really start with with basics and understanding basic skills and, and drills and techniques. And that's what makes good players great, you know, and, and as well as the effort. So I am. I wasn't I was a good athlete. I probably wasn't the greatest. I didn't make it to the league, so um, wasn't great. But for me, it was give me your best effort. Give me your, I want you to, to work hard, even when no one's looking. So I'm looking, I want guys with, with, with good character um, to be able to get out there and, and give me your best effort, no matter if you are the, the best player or the, the last player on the roster. So I really try to focus on, on discipline, um, being honest with yourself and your teammates, but also wanted to be there to support him as well. Right. And so I wanted to ask you as well, being that I'm I'm a former athlete, I played softball for three years and I played a little bit of flag football last year. We always have this conversation, you know, um, here at our, my school about, you know, coaching and, you know, what's more important to the athlete. So what would you say out of conditioning and um, like even running routes, like let's talk football in okay. a football sense. So, in flag football, we run routes. We do a lot of route running. Would you say in the offseason, conditioning is the most important aspect for a player? It's hard to say is the only aspect. And I think conditioning is is great. Um, it's a, because you don't you don't play games. A lot of times for football, you don't play there. But that's where you can really get stronger in the weight room because you got more time that you can you build your body up in the off season. You want to get in good shape. But then you think about it after spring ball is over, then you go back home or, you know, you may not put in that same type of energy or that same type of work, which you should, but you may not. So I think the, the off season is, 
is really good, especially in college, to be able to work on your technique, work on the things that you can improve on from the from the fall. So that's where I feel that's a really good time because you don't play a game week to week. So a lot of times when throughout the season, you might have whether Sunday, Monday off, then you really got to start preparing for your next week. Or in the spring, you might spend a week on certain skills. If you you talk about running routes and flag football. So Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that your technique is down running at those, the out routes, the verticals that yeah, anything. So you want to really, focus on the the details and and the conditioning part is good because you want to make sure you're taking care of your body because you're not playing so you still want to be able to take care of your body from a, a a mental and a physical standpoint very important especially like you said you know just building your body up and preparing for that season and making sure you're in the best shape you know because you know i remember um coaches always say that the off season, that's off season is where you win. You know, it's not when, okay, you're playing the game. Obviously you want to win the game, but you want to win the off season because that's where you practice the most. That's where you make the, you run the routes to perfection or whatever sport you're playing and making sure your body's in the best shape. So that way, when you do play the game, that's the, that's the finished product. That's the, that's everyone showing that we've been doing this the whole off season, but let's get into your profession, the being a professor side. What would you say to students who are aspiring to get into sports like myself and Jeremiah? What would you say for us to start? Um, how do how do students get to that next level of getting into the sports world? Well, I tell you, it is really like just being in sports. And, and I tell many people this: there are so many different paths that you can take to get to where you want to be. So for me and what I the advice that I give to, to students that want to to want to make it big in the uh, in sport management is number one is you got to get out and go experience, get as much opportunity. I call them industry hours, get as many industry hours as, as you can, because there's nothing like you don't want to wait until your senior year when you have to do your internship. And then you realize, Oh, well, this isn't what I wanted to do. So get your, Get your hands in a little bit of everything and anything that you might think that you'd be interested in, go get that experience because you might end up liking something that you didn't even know about. So get out there, network. Any opportunity that that you have to network with someone is is a great opportunity. I was once told that you treat every every opportunity as a potential interview. And and I think that's that's truly important because, you know, people always say it's who you know, who you know, but it's it's really who knows you. So you always want to carry yourself in a, in a professional manner and a positive manner just because you never know who's watching you. And five years down the line, 10 years down the line, someone may have a job and say, OK, well, I remember you at, you know, speaking here or in this class or doing that. So really being able to to learn the skills, obviously, in the classroom, learn those, get out and do your get your hands on experience and networking. Those are those are key. And in our program at Bowie, what, what I try to do is also bring in professionals in the field to really give you that that day to day to understand what they what they do on those professionals do on a day to day basis. So you get the good, the bad, the ugly about everything. So. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, having especially what spoke to me is you having um, industry professionals come in and talk to the students. It's one thing to say, okay, 
you do this, you go through your coursework, and then, you know, okay, you graduate. But having those people there to talk to them and say, this was my journey. It may not be your journey, but, you know, this is what to look out for. This is what to be watchful for and keep your eyes open. I remember this past weekend just going to Pittsburgh at the RMU Summit. One of the biggest things was networking and also keeping your options open because you never know where, because sports, the sports industry is so broad. There's so many mm -hmm. careers in it that you can get into and just, Having that, having that drive and saying, you know, I want to do it, it is so powerful. And having people talk to you about it and say, this was my experience and this is what you should look out for because I didn't know this, so I'm telling you guys this the first hand. So at Bowie State, you guys, like, partner with or have any connections with big, like, sports organizations that students can get involved with and, you know, like, maybe do internships there, volunteer work there? Yes. So we are continuing to to build relationships. This is just I just completed my first year here at Bowie. So um, I'm still trying to build some relationships. Now, we have a, a partnership with the Brooklyn Nets and I actually had the director of college scouting speak to our class today virtually. Um, and, and I know they're busy right now as, as NBA season started, but the partnership that we have with the Brooklyn Nets is great. And they really, they really care about our, our students. Like I said, we had an opportunity where Sean Marks was able to come on last semester, hop on a Zoom and, and talk to our students. And I tell them like, listen, you got to take advantage of this because you don't get this everywhere. And that is that has been a, um, a partnership that we have really enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed. We are looking to continue to, to build more relationships. I've had students that were able to do internships with the with the Brooklyn Nets. There was one student that was just out in Vegas um, this past summer for summer league. We through this connection, we've also had students out in the uh, in color Texas, excuse me, for a U or U18, USA basketball, U17. So that that partnership has been great. We're looking to partner with some other uh, with some NBA, other NBA teams, as well as NFL and then just some local communities. So. Right. And it's always it's always good to have those big connections like that, especially with big organizations like the Brooklyn Nets and a lot of the, you know, basketball teams. So, you know, that's going to be very good for the students because, you know, just having that experience and going in there and actually talking to a lot of people and even opening your mind up because maybe you want to do a particular thing. Maybe you want to go into sales and then there's a photographer there that you're like, oh, I really like photography. So having that experience, it opens your eyes to a lot of different things. So before we go to the next segment, before we go to break, I want to ask you, what was your biggest or who was your biggest inspiration in order for you to get to where you are? Who inspired you to say, I want to do this? You know what? I had there were a lot of folks, um, but number one is I always got to go back to my mom. And she wasn't in sports, but and actually she was. She she coached baseball, um, uh, pony league, like twelve and thirteen year old pony league, and she was the one that really encouraged me to continue to work hard and and go after my passion. So she really was was really encouraged me to to do that. And when I look at just just far as professionals in the field, I don't really have a, a lot of pro many professionals that were in the field. I just have a lot of just friends and 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 family members who I really wanted to I knew what I wanted to do. So I just wanted to get out there. And I just had a lot of family members that supported me, even um, in college. My advisor, she 
had passed away um, a few years back, but she was someone who was really just pushed me to my limits and challenged me. And she knew I wanted to get into sports in the sports field. So she really challenged me in in many aspects. She was actually um, I had to take a gymnastics class in, in <laughs> college. And that was very interesting. Just, a, you know, football player trying to do that. And she really just just challenged me and not just in gymnastics, but other things as well. And, and also being a professional. So I she I credit her to a lot of where I'm at because she helped help mold me once I got into the college world. And then just, I, I try to model myself, find good things about my supervisors and, you know, things that I want to take from my supervisors, from different supervisors that I had. And that kind of helped mold me who I am today as a leader. Absolutely. And now you can tell your students this, now you can be an inspiration to them now. So that's just, it's crazy how all those things, you know, come uh, full circle. But yes. that was a great conversation. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. I'll see you in the next segment. We're going to talk about NBA. We're going to talk about the Packers, Bucks. We're going to talk about all of it. So that wraps awesome. up the segment. We're going to go to a short break, and we'll be right back for more sports talk. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try and every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything new styles top designers all for a flat monthly fee start your subscription at renttherunway.com slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand this is the way pit pork has always been done pulled pork lovers rejoice the smoky old days are back at the smoke shack from the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. You're watching Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk. Be sure to join Jasmine every week for great conversation on the NBA, NFL, and a wide variety of sports topics. To see past episodes of First Impression Sports Talk, go to YouTube and search First Impressions Sports Talk. You can connect with Jasmine on LinkedIn by searching Jasmine Pollock. And now, back to more First Impressions Sports Talk. Welcome back to Jasmine's First Impressions Sports Talk. And the voices you just heard were from Kelly Johnson and Dion Hunter. If you like voiceover work done for your projects, you can go contact Leon Thomas at theleonthomasgroup.com. If you'd like to be a guest on my show and see past episodes of my show, you can go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. So let's bring in Dr. Anderson, my dad, 
and Jeremiah, we have a lot to get into regarding football and the Lakers. So let's start with trouble in Green Bay and Tampa. So Dr. Anderson, I know you're a Pittsburgh fan, but I want to ask you, what is going on with the Packers and what's going on with the Bucks? Honestly, I don't even know. But, uh, you know, I, I think that just they've, they've had some receiver problems. Um, I know Aaron Rodgers is frustrated, I'm sure, just as well as every, everyone else is. And just trying to get everyone on the same page. And, you know, I think the expectation is is win a Super Bowl. And I think that's the same thing with the Bucks is so expectations are high. And some you might have some rookies, some first, second years players that may not be ready for that yet. And they are putting these roles where they have to step up and they can't drop balls. You know, they got to make sure that they read routes. And I think sometimes it could be whether it's, you know, just putting in that extra time working with the quarterbacks to get all on, to get on the same page. So I think that, you know, the expectations once again is the, both of those teams are expected to, to go to the Super Bowl, you know, and whenever you have some missing pieces, it's, it's it's more difficult and you know, everyone looks back at the the Patriots when you know with Brady there where they may not have had the star receivers but I think they had great great role players and everyone knew their role and everyone just w- was on the same page with you know with Brady and as well as the defense like they they were never like the the number one defense in the, in the league but they all played well they had a good system and now I just think that everyone's not gelling together and sometimes it takes longer to gel than than what people want right um for me i both teams are three and four um Mm -hmm. i did not see them looking like this the way they look right now i thought the teams would look a little bad i thought they would both would be contenders um but right now there's a lot of questions for both teams uh for the bucks to me i think top bowls is not the answer and Dad, I want I want to ask you before I get into the Packers, we'll get into them in a few minutes. But do you think that there's always been this conversation between Belichick and Brady, who is having the better career, you know, after the fact? Do you think right now the way the team is constructed for the Bucks that Tom Brady's missing Bill Belichick in certain aspects? Well, I, I think, well, first of all, with the Bucks right now, I think if you look at it from top to bottom, it just seemed like there's a lot of just disorganization and confusion is I think it's just deeper than that I I think one of the biggest issues starting out is when Bruce Arians went to the office and off the sideline and and then you give Ty Bowles basically the head coaching job and not to say that he's not a good defensive coordinator but I don't remember when he was with the Jets the Jets knew him very well so Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was the answer based off of what they were trying to do and I, it just seems like the, the the team is lacking some – like yesterday when I was watching the game and you look – and I'm not even talking about offensively. Defensively, they, there were simple plays that the Bucks defense was – you know, they would stop on a, you know, regular occasion, but simple cutback runs, people not trailing the play, just different things like that, and it drove me crazy. I'm like, what, what are we doing? These professionals – so I think they're out of sync. They they have been decimated by injuries. The one thing you can't have happen. Um, and I think that for Tom Brady in the offensive line, him losing his center, yes, he lost some other pieces, but I think that was probably the biggest loss because yeah. that is the quarterback of your line. 
So if he's not getting people into position, you know, uh, the right reads, I think we're seeing that uh, the effects of that. And then offense, I mean, for, as far as the receiving core, I don't know. We have, you, you can see where we can move the ball, but then it's just inconsistent. So I, I just think that it's, it's, a, it's a, the entire, both sides of the ball, special teams, everything. I can't even put my finger on it because I'm looking at it. It's like everything. I would like to say, oh, well, the offense is not doing it. Or the defense is everybody collectively. So I think that they got to really figure out what their identity is. And they're going to have to change something like this week because it, it could be ugly going down the stretch. Yeah, and they do have Baltimore this Thursday at home. So we'll yeah. we'll see, you know, Lamar Jackson. We'll see how that game works. They could turn it around, but because oh, I don't we, trust the Ravens defense. Look, look, no, I don't trust but, the Ravens defense, but I don't trust their, all, their defense against that running quarterback. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> but um, let's go to the Packers. Now, you guys know my Packers, they look sick right now. I mean, it's just, it's just embarrassing to watch. I mean, it's like it's gut-wrenching. And – when it comes to the Packers, my biggest question was how will we regroup after trading away Devontae Adams, who was arguably probably the best receiver in the league, and him and Aaron's connection was just unstoppable. And now you take that away. And I know that Aaron's been getting a lot of flack for what he's been saying about the rookie receivers, but if you look at the game, like I'll give you an example, one play that I saw when we played the Commanders yesterday. <laughs> so when a quarterback scrambles, usually the, the offense flows with them, right? So our rookie receiver, Romeo Dubs, Aaron scrambling to the left. He goes, he does a post corner the opposite direction, and Aaron <laughs> throws it in a different direction. So I'm just like, what is happening right now? So I'm just, when it comes to the Packers, our receiving core is just not, it's not lethal like it was before. Alan Lazard, he's probably was our number one, but he's injured now with a shoulder injury. Our um our rookie from uh, Christian Watson, he hasn't played in two games because of a hamstring. Randall Cobb, he's injured again. But even though he's played very well through the stretch um, of the season so far, but he's injured. Sammy Watkins, they put him, you know, they um, they removed him off injury reserve. They, you know, activated him yesterday, but I didn't see him yesterday. I don't know what's going on with this team. Um, the only player that I have faith in, the two, the three players on the offense is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Robert Tonyan, our tight end. But that's not going to be good enough to go um, to the stretch. You guys know who we play on Sunday night? The Bills. At the Bills. We are not winning that game. I'm preparing myself right now you for might, a but the heartbreak. Up and down, though. I do Bills. But, Dad, listen. The, how the Packers are constructed right now, going into Buffalo, <laughs> we are not beating them on Sunday. I don't, we don't have just the trying to be optimistic. That's all. Just yeah. Listen, Dad, I'm preparing myself. I'm preparing myself for a heartache. So I'm just telling myself this was going to happen. I would be very shocked. We're 10 point underdogs. Aaron's never, he's never been in a double, double digit underdog in his career. Yeah. That's how That's bad tough. it is. It I is. mean, it's just, it's it just does not look good for us. And then defensively, our offense is not helping us. I see where our defense is playing very well. We're getting, we're t making them turn the ball over. We had a pick six yesterday in the game. We had sacks. We had turnovers. But if the offense keeps going three and out, of course, the team is going to continue to drive the ball on the defense. So I can't expect the defense to do everything. But Jeremiah, I saw this question on Undisputed today. They asked, which quarterback looks worse, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Go ahead, He said, which quarterback the worst? If we're going off just yesterday's game, I would just say, oh, man. 
I only look, probably maybe Brady yet since I'll yesterday because they only Brady scored three has points. Had only three touchdowns so far in the past three games. Go ahead. I would just say within these last two weeks, I would say Brady only because Brady yesterday you can it, it just can't be three points on the board. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna make any excuses when it comes to. Anything else that goes on the other side when it comes to the defense and other parts that are a big factor. But Brady had over 200 and something yards and and Rodgers had over 200 and something yards. But the difference is Aaron at least got the ball inside of the end zone. Brady didn't get the ball inside the end zone. Now, I know when Next it comes to, Evans, to certain Evans situations. And I do think that would have been a, a, a big point in the game for them Absolutely. to actually you know, it'll been an energizer from the coming out the bat. But as far as both quarterbacks go, they've been playing very terrible. I, I just, terrible. it's just been <laughs> bad football from both of them to start well, out because these are well, supposed to be like contenders. Just to add to what you're saying, if you look at it, me, it's, it's the red zone for me. Mm-hmm. It's the red zone. I mean, uh, we've been in the red zone and uh, we, we can't come out with points. I mean, I'm talking about six. I don't, three field goals are great and all that, but. We're, we're leaving a lot of points on the board, and we can't score inside the red zone. It's amazing to me. Even that when we played you guys in Tampa, that game was boring. It was boring, y'all. It was not It was not an exciting game at all. You would expect it to, for it to be an exciting game, but both the second half, the offenses were so stagnant. That could be because of the defenses, of course, but the offenses were not just not flowing at all. And when I look at the both offenses are stagnant right now. You know, and I don't know how the teams, especially for the Packers, at least Brady has weapons, like legitimate weapons. Aaron has, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I mean, who he could throw to, maybe Aaron Jones the whole time. But both of Aaron's both of Aaron's touchdowns yesterday, two of them were to Aaron Jones, our running back. That's yeah. a problem. That I'm saying that is a huge problem. Yeah, Brady has definitely has better weapons there and especially what you're saying with the red zone i think that's that could be multiple you know multiple issues um, Mm -hmm. where what that can stem from whether it's you know whether it's play calling whether it's just not being efficient in there or whether running right routes or protection whatever that could be you know a lot of things but yeah when when you're saying that and i look at i watch obviously the steelers beat the bucks Mm-hmm. And so you think about the Bucks' last two losses were to the Steelers, who are two and five, and then Carolina Panthers, which I don't know what yep. their record is, but uh, they were only, only had one win, if I'm not mistaken. One win, yeah, they're one. Yeah. And four. So, yeah. you know, I think that's that's tough. And where preseason there was a lot of talk about the Bucks competing, you know, where the Packers they knew as long as you got Aaron Rodgers, you always got a shot, but. It is the the challenges are, are really starting to to show. Like you're starting to see the the inefficiencies of what's going on with with that team. And I think especially whenever you start losing, then people start panicking, and then you know coaches start screaming more, players start yelling at each other. So it's just you got to still try to keep them together. I think both of those teams can still salvage their season. Do I see them going to the playoffs and you know doing any damage? I don't know that, but they can still kind of salvage it from, you know, where they're at right now. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to add to what you said about coaches yelling, I wish our coach would yell. 
Yes, he doesn't yes, know. Yes, you can't stay quiet. <laughs> it's exactly what I would be looking for is a little passion on the sideline. But it's like it's on autopilot and something happened. It's like not a reaction. It's like uh, like what, what's the adjustments? And, and that's the whole thing. And I just I really think that one of the biggest issues is when we start um, mixing up the organization by sending Arians upstairs, yeah. you start mixing up the philosophy and how you're going to play this thing. And I think that's a big issue right now, too. And, of course, Brady has those off-the-field things going on. But at the same time, when I look at the game, it doesn't look like any different. I look like he's under pressure more than he, he's used yeah. to being there. Mm -hmm. uh, there's execution issues. And I don't think it has anything to do with off the field as far as his – a lot of people like say, oh, it's because of his wife. I don't – Brady is too much of a fanatic for me to think that that's causing him issues. I mean, he let his wife leave the house. So right. what did that tell you? Yeah. <laughs> so he, <laughs> So I think that it has a lot to do overall. They're just not on the same page. So, and, but the and, you know, this oh, is the front, this is the front office situation. Like when we drafted a quarterback, you know, a couple years ago, that was that was the downfall of the Green Bay Packers then, because in that situation, you have Devontae Adams, and you're just coming off the loss against the 49ers in the NFC Championship. All you need is a, a another receiver. T. Higgins came out that year. I believe um, Justin Jefferson came out that year as well. We don't get any of them. We draft a quarterback. <laughs> and now you can see what's happening. And then we trade Devontae away. Now we have to go draft a receiver. But last last season, last this past year in college football, there wasn't any top, top receivers. But now you're going to, oh, we have to draft one now. So the front office, this is this is the all front office for the Green Bay Packers. It's, all on them, all on them. But Dr. Anderson, what were you about to say? No, I was just saying, uh, I really think there, in my opinion, I think there was an issue with the Bucks and uh, Aaron's decided to go to get off the field and go into the front office. So I don't know what that was, but I, I feel like there was, there was something cause I just felt like he wasn't done coaching yet, but mm -hmm. um, there was, there was something in that within that organization well, the rumor is well to speak to that the rumor is it's the brady thing that was yeah. the, mm -hmm. that brady coming oh. back kind of had a difference of agreement i mean a disagreement so you you i, I agree with that 100 because dad remember the, the whole conversation the whole reason why stephen ross the miami dolphins owner is suspended right now he got fined is because they were trying to pull brady they were in conversation with him to come down there so mm -hmm. brady was retiring but also talking to Stephen Ross and Sean Payton to try to join forces down there in Miami. Yes, but because obviously it, that yeah. got blown up. Man, if he had went to Miami with those weapons, oh that would have blown up. That would have blown up bad. Now you talk about coaches that don't yell. Dolphins <laughs> 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 <The> coach. <laughs> yes, yes. But let's go to the Lakers before we get out of here. So I'm going to read you guys awesome stats here. So the Lakers are on three to start the season. You know, it's it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, the Lakers are the worst shooting team in uh, basketball right now. 25 of 118. <laughs> Dad, I want to start with you. <laughs> What's going on with the Lakers? They're the worst shooting team in the well, league right now. Here's the one thing, and I and – I, you know, I, I don't like to be too, too negative, um, but the Lakers really have to figure out what they're going to do with what Russell Westbrook. Um, 
I don't know how long. And me, you know, I'm 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 not a bas- basketball expert, but when a guy who's supposed to be quote unquote the point guard, he's not very good at scoring points. And one of the things that I see is he'll he'll make ill-advised shots that are not in rhythm and they're just aggressive and they bounce off the rim. And it a lot of times um, equates to fast break points on the other end. So me personally, they have to figure out what to do with Russell Westbrook. I don't think they're going to move forward as long as they try to force feed him. He has not produced at a high level since he's been with the Lakers. It's been faster so i think that the lakers because they're on the hook for quite a bit of money with him so that's a part of it mm-hmm. and i don't think he has uh um they i don't think they can really bargain a good trade for him because his performances have gotten worse so yeah. i think now what they have to do is they have to figure out well hey man you you got to either come off the bench or he's not starting but right now they have to figure out what they're doing with him because the game they just lost recently he was in the game for that last few minutes. Yeah. And the game completely turned. They were up by eight. And it's just, oh, the yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it turned as soon as the guy came in. And if you don't want to put it all on one guy, but I'm like, well, he's really not. I'll put it this way. He's still athletic, still one of the more athletic people, but he does not fit what they do. And that's I all I about that. Yeah. Also, when they just played the Clippers as well. Now, mm-hmm. defensively against the Clippers, they did a phenomenal job. They're good defensively. But, but Dad, how are you, besides LeBron and AD, you are supposed to be the third option. How do you score two points all of 11 from the three-point line in the, in a game like that against the Clippers? You right. score two points? Now, he Burn gave a great cardio. effort on defense. But two points? Jeremiah, what's your thoughts? Well, first of all, when it comes to the Lakers itself, they're not setting themselves up for the future in a, in a big way because God knows, like, you know, what LeBron's future is. You know, he is already older in itself. You have a, a Anthony Davis that you're not even so sure of right now, and you got a bad contract in Russell Westbrook and other pieces that's around. How is the future going to look once LeBron probably retires in the future or in the next year or two? Like, what is the destination for the Lakers? Like, are you guys are still historic, you know, franchise going to be respected even after your big name is gone? Or are you going to go back to how it was like pre-LeBron before he got there? Now, how it is right now, they have that one championship, but it has to be more coming in. It has to at least be playoffs. It just can't miss the playoffs, go first round, get knocked out. The Lakers right now, they need to do something, they something. Have they have to move Westbrook right now as we speak. I'll get Buddy Hill and trade those two picks. And I think when it comes to, to Rob, sometimes he can be very stubborn at a certain time, yes. uh, in certain ways, because he thinks, you know, I'm going to just play out the market and just you're not going to have a market if you just keep letting him put down the market with his performance. Mm-hmm. It's not going to do good. But with that, to, to piggyback off of that, when we look at LeBron's career and when he's won championships, he's had shooters around him. LeBron is the type of player with how he passes the ball and he's him being one of the best passes that we've ever seen and him having that IQ, knowing where guys are going to be. You have to not, you have to have shooters around him in order to knock down shots. I even saw 
Anthony Davis shooting threes. I don't like him shooting threes at all. I don't know why he's on the arc at all. He needs to be down low. Hosting people no, up. There's no question about it. Now, if it's one time where he's and he just lobs it up and they up by a big margin, okay. But you're battling it out. You, there's no reason Anthony Davis should be shooting threes. No reason. But, Dr. Anderson, what is your take on the Lakers and what do the Lakers have to do in order to even make the play-in tournament? It's going to be tough. And just and I haven't seen them this year. I haven't seen a lot of basketball recently, but just knowing the game a little bit, they you need shooters. Yeah. And when you have players like LeBron who can go to the basket and either finish or be able to kick out. So you need people in the corners, people in the wings that can just spot up and shoot. And, you know, whether it was just, you know, guys, I think of like whether it was like a Steve Kerr with Jordan or, you know, even like a Cal Corver, you need some right. guys that can just shoot. They may not be great defensively, but they could hit open threes. And I remember just even years ago, like Danny Green, when he yeah. was, you know, with yes. him. Just, Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be able to have some some good role players that know their role and I'm just here to hit an open shot because LeBron, AD, and what you would expect is because Westbrook loves to, you know, drives to the hole. So they want to drive and kick. So you don't have anybody to kick to because you don't have any jump shooters on, right. on the team. Beverly, so either. Beverly's not a shooter like that either. And that no. he's taking high he's volume. He's a defensive threes. player. Yes. Yep. And, and yeah, go ahead, Dr. Anderson. No, but that's what it's like. So you don't have those – you don't have guys in there that are just jump shooters. Exactly. So you got people collapsing, and then there's nobody kick to that you feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody on the Lakers think they're part of the big late show. Somebody needs to play their roles. They need to have certain roles that you play. Like Patrick Beverly, he is a certain role. You're yeah, not exactly. part of, like, a big three duo. Like – you're not a three-point shooter. You're not Kyle Corbin. You're not a big name. You're, you wanna, you're going to be that guy. You want to know a stat, though, that's really bizarre? Patrick Beverly has the best three-point percentage than anybody on the team. And that's a shame. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that is. And that, that is bad. And when you spend all that money for that big three, which Westbrook is that third one, it's hard. It it yep. is hard, and now you don't have a lot of money to get these other so these other players. So you're hoping that people just want to come and try to win a championship. You know that's when like Melo or yeah Carmelo came over. They had a couple other guys, but it's it's hard because you need a number one with your big three. They they got to produce. Exactly. You can't have two of your three producing. All and then, the, the, one not else. producing at all. Right. Yeah. You can't have one not producing. And then you don't have any role players. That's hard. So, and you know. The bench is not good. Like, the when, okay, if LeBron has to go take a breather, you know, you expect the other guys to fill in the spot and make some, make some shots and do things like that. He can't even do that. But I will say, for LeBron being in year 20, he looks very good. Like, I mean, he's yes. still flying, you know, playing defense. He blocked Paul George's shot. Like, he. He had two or three blocks in that game. He's still playing at a high level. The man's averaging 28-plus a game now. He just had 31, I believe, yesterday. So, I mean, he's still – LeBron's still going to do it. He's still there yeah. and still um, – <laughs> but he might be right now chasing Kareem, that Kareem stat. So, yeah, I mean – He needs help. They, yes, they do. He, 
he needs a lot of help because LeBron wants to win championships. I know in his heart, but he cannot win with the roster they have right now. No, and but, getting um, rid of Kuzma, uh, Kyle Kuzma, yeah. Yeah. was you know was a big loss as well. Yeah. Oh, I want to add something to what you just said, Jazz. So with LeBron, because I think because remember the Jordan conversation, I'm pretty much done with that. Like I don't, I don't think that's his. Um, and and I, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know where LeBron's mind is right now. He's still going to perform. He's chasing Kareem, Dad. I believe he's Damn, that. That might be the biggest thing because right now, the way it looks, you know, LeBron influences a lot of their decisions. Yeah. So the way things are going, if he were to go to the front office or go to the coach and say, "Hey, I want to, I want Westbrook to be benched," you think they won't listen? I think they will. So I but think they're not. No, but what I'm saying is, I think that he's is is more is bigger than basketball for him right now. It's I think it's all about brand because guess what? He's still producing. And it's about championships for the Lakers, but I think he has to win to be considered a Laker great. He has to win one in a regular situation. It can't be the bubble situation, even though, you know, hey, he, he won with what he had, but he has to win in a regular situation. And until that happens, he would never be considered a Laker great. And it's a shame because the team that he – uh, almost won within Cleveland was not very good. Not at all. No. <laughs> the team no. around him was no. not good. It no, was man. crazy that he was able to make up uh, bring to get to the, the final. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that was that was prime Braun. I mean that's when he no. had that juice. Yeah. Now he is going on almost forty. <laughs> that no. juice is. Oh. But. But no, Jerry, I don't think his juice is gone. The man's average. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, I know he he can do that. He can do that at the high level, but how he he's gonna do that every single game? I mean, that that weighs a lot motor, on him. The motor. Yes, I, exactly. Me right now, I feel like the way the team is, he's chasing that cream. He wants to pass cream. He if he passes cream, he'll be the player with the most points mm -hmm. ever. I mean, that's a huge. <laughs> I know this, this is for another show. I'm a Jordan fan, so people are gonna say, yes. oh. But look at how long it took to get there. Yeah. I look at that, and I look at the. I, I'm all about time. They're just like people say Emmett. Emmett's the record holder, Barry. But look at how long it took Emmett to get the record, and look at how long it took Barry. So the time means a lot to me based off that. Because if you keep taking a stab at it eventually, of course, you're going you're gonna to run into that. But I like to look at it, um, the production over time, but not just having some trash years where you just running it up. I, for me, it's a little bit different when it comes to that. See, um, and I'm a Kobe Bryant fan too. Yeah, so I like Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah. hopefully the Lakers can get it together. I oh, hope boy. you know they do something because they have to do something. The West is loaded. These yes. teams are getting better. I mean, you know, it's just and a Lakers lot going fans on. Are mad. Exactly. <laughs> But that wraps up the show. Thank you, Dr. Anderson. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Dad, for, you know, just taking your time and, you know, giving your thoughts about these topics. We'll see you guys next week for more First Impression Sports Talk. And there's a lot more to get into. There's more football games to get into, especially the Packers at Bills. I will be talking about that next Sunday. So have a good night. See you guys next week.